Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Partial Historians. I am one of your gracious and beautiful hosts, Dr. Greenfield. Same mother to two. <laughs> and I am Dr. Radness. Name says it. <laughs> We're currently looking at the history of Rome from the founding of the city. Yes, it's a unique take, wouldn't you say? <laughs> it, it hasn't been done. No Roman historian has ever tried it before. No, no. We're, so we're you're groundbreaking. Hearing, groundbreaking. You're, you're getting it all here first. Exactly, yes. So, I believe we left at uh, quite a critical moment. We left at quite the cliffhanger. Yeah, because we were looking in the previous episode at Tarquinius Priscus. Lucius Tarquinius Priscus, the man who ends up with an axe in his head. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) And he had quite a lengthy rule previous to this incident. (laughs) Such a shame. (laughs) To to encapsulate. Yes. Um, So he starts his rule in 616. Yes. And... The axe in the head moment occurs in 578. To be precise. uh, According to our chronological source magic. Which we have talked about before as being slightly problematic. But anyway. Just imagine those figures are kind of... Yeah, we're really running with Livy's version of this for most of it. Well, these numbers are not well established. They're kind of largely made up. But, you know, for the sake of consistency, let's just use those. they make things fit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah. So, Tarquinius... Axe in the head. What are they going to do? (laughs) Funny you should ask. Um, The shepherds are sort of like, oh god, they flee the scene. As you would, yeah. (laughs) They're like, oops, our work here is done. Axe in the head, get out of here. Yeah, luckily, Tanaquil, quick thinking as always. She Mm. basically kicks everyone out. Says, right, out you go. I need privacy here, people. And I need a first aid kit, pronto. (laughs) All of you, leave me with my husband. Yes, and and Servius, you can stay. You yeah. can stay. Yeah. She orders everybody out. She yeah. closes the palace, essentially. Yeah. And she summons Servius in. Yes. And at this point, this is where things get really interesting from a Roman history perspective and yes. for a role of women perspective. Yeah. Because according to the narrative that Livy provides, what Tanaquil does at this point is urge Servius to take the kingship. Absolutely. Uh, I, I, there I are, there seems to be no point, question that... Tarquinius is not quite dead yet, yeah, apparently. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. it doesn't... Yeah. Either way, yeah. Uh, Either way, nobody's yeah. assuming that he's going to survive the axe wound to the head. No, <laughs> wise. They were so wise back then. Maybe lost this knowledge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this is this is really interesting. So Tanacle's like, look, all of the things that could possibly stand in your way are things that you shouldn't worry about. Yeah, uh, don't worry about being like a foreign king. Uh, don't worry about um, the fact that you've had these divine portents. They're on your side. This is going to make it... This will smooth things over. Yeah. And to sort of produce a little bit of leeway time as well, Tanical goes out because apparently the palace has this window that overlooks the Via Nova. Ah, yes, yes. And she's all like, it's all good. He's yeah. totally fine. She's kicked everybody out of the palace, yeah. but they're all just sort of crowded around the window of the palace being like, Waiting. come on, <laughs> like, what's going on? What's and she's like, it's going to be fine. Tarquinius is okay, guys. Yeah. It's okay. He's no, just recovering. Yeah. Um, and in the meantime, while he's recovering, because, you know, an axe is not to be taken lightly, no. you should listen to Servius. Yes, yes, Servius. He is so wise. He's just going to be acting king yeah. while that's cool. Tarquinius gets better. Yeah. And so, yeah, she manages to string this out. This, God, this, you know what? This so reminds me of Agrippina the Younger and Nero. Does it not? A little bit? I, I feel like there is uh, moments in this narrative which set up really particular types of Roman women yeah. for which you can fit 
other like later historical women too in a trope like fashion. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, this sort of stands so out. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These moments where you sort of hide the death in order to move around some political pieces. Yes. Definitely. That's how Tanical is like our outstanding first <laughs> example for this. Indeed, yes. And Serbius gets on board. He's like, yep, gets on the king's robes. Yeah. Uh, grabs some lictors and like, you dudes, get in front of me so everybody knows I'm king. <laughs> yeah. And I, he, he, according to Livy as well, there's a bit of a personal motive here, obviously, in that he does have a relationship, obviously, with Tacrinius that goes beyond the political, in that, you know, he's married into the family. He's married into the family. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So she sort of urges it on that behalf as well. Like, dude, <laughs> avenge your father-in-law. <laughs> Now's the time. Yes, exactly. And protect my status. Thank you and very much. And presumably Servius has been prepped a little bit. Um, yeah. You don't just take on a role like this and be like, yes, mother-in-law. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, we did talk a bit last time about how once they re- once they decided we're going to raise this dude with the fiery head as our son, <laughs> mm. uh, presumably that entails educating him and encouraging the natural kingliness of his nature <laughs> to blossom. <laughs> that is, is provide the right kingly conditions. Indeed. For to full King's Rex set. Factor. Nice, nice. Anywho, yeah. So he d- he goes around doing this business for a certain amount of time. Oh yeah, like he does yeah. all of the things that symbolically represent kinship in Rome at this point in time. He yeah. sits on the chair, the special chair, ah. and he renders judgments. Indeed. Um, and <laughs> and he claims at all times that he's consulting the king for his decisions. <laughs> I feel, I, I'm of, sorry. I'm just imagining of, him like going. What do you think? Just <laughs> <laughs> be like leaning back to the curtain. Tarquinius. If you agree with me, bang twice. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, there is a sort of a, a, a point at which that you can no longer sustain this sort of shroud. Yeah, because he's basically just doing this on the basis of his. Just, I don't know, yeah, just like the strength of his personality. Yeah, he's and charismatic. Yeah, like no yeah. one's actually said okay. You can do that, exactly. Mm. No one's just opposing him at this point of time. Yeah, well, yeah. even um, the people in the background, um, so the sons of Ancus, who, yeah. who, who sort of set all of this disaster in motion, yeah. who could have maybe stepped forward and been like, uh, now's, our, now's our time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Pardon me, but we organised the murder. I think we should read the rewards. Yeah, they've gone... <laughs> I think we need to lay low for a while. This yes. hasn't worked out quite Wise as we planned. Yeah. So they've fled. Yeah, because not surprisingly, the shepherds were arrested mm. <laughs> for their dastardly deed. Yeah. Yeah, and it seems that Servius has done some controversial things in this interim period where mm. it's not clear whether Tarquinius is dead or alive, yeah. but people are becoming increasingly suspicious <laughs> because there's some sort of smell, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Where he's increased his guard. I know that when my son got an axe through the head, he died instantly. What's going on? <laughs> I'm just, I just, why are we keeping the meat? We're not really, why haven't we just eaten the meat? Um, yeah, those sorts of questions. Yes. Um, so it, the, the trouble is for Servius that he's ruling without the authorization of the people yep. and without the consent of the, of the, senate, yeah. of the senate. So. Yeah. The, this is becoming a bit problematic. A yeah. little bit problematic, yeah. yes. Um, and so we have to sort of see how it's all going to play out, yeah. I suppose. Uh, and basically, kind of like with Tarquinius Priscus, we're in a situation again where there is going to be no interregnum. Hmm. Servius, although everyone agrees pretty much, apparently, according to the sources, that Servius is a pretty awesome dude <laughs> all around. He is technically a usurper. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He moves 
to secure his position. Yeah. Um, he does some things. Yeah. Some important <laughs> things. Uh, he marries Please his... enumerate. Well, <laughs> he marries his daughters mm. to Tarquinius' sons. Yeah. So... So, Luckily, hold up, there are some natural folk who, who could be in line here. Exactly, yeah. And luckily, he had a pair of daughters, Tacrinus had a pair of sons. Oh, it's very convenient. Yeah. Yes, and of course, you want to avoid the older Ancus' sons coming after you kind of thing that has happened in the previous generation. Yes, he seems to have learnt his lesson, kind yes. of. Maybe not, but um, <laughs> we'll see. And yeah. the trouble is that Livy describes it as a there's an atmosphere of treachery and hostility mm. that seems to pervade Servius' household. That doesn't sound like a nice environment to live in. Well, you know the best way to deal with that sort of situation wait 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 war yeah <laughs> you're sort of like guys don't hate me hate those people over yeah, there exactly let's stick together we need to stick together yeah, yeah. there's no sense in hating each other yeah. when there are all these people like etruscans out there who are bastards <laughs> it's going to be really important that we kill everybody from the a yeah exactly uh, so let's just put this whole unpleasantness on hold uh-huh. promise we'll deal with it later totes but for now Etruscans and they yeah yeah look the war does Servius the world of good because he's proven to be quite the tactician Mm. again this is one of those scenarios where we don't get a lot of details of the battles yeah Uh, but he seems to have won quite easily and that's the whole point yeah triumph Uh, over vast hordes apparently vast you don't don't need details when you've just won really quickly yeah and he finds that when this is all over, apparently, he just rocks up to Rome and everyone's like, okay. Yeah, the, host- the hostility has really died down, which makes you think he's done some pretty super awesome stuff exactly. in the battles. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't matter whether he's talking to the commons or the senate, they're all good. Yeah, and they're either like quivering in fear or generally quite impressed. Yeah, they're loving a bit of that. Servius mm. Tullius. Servius yeah. Tullius. Servius Tullius. <laughs> so he starts his reign in 578 under controversial circumstances. Yeah, and I mean, the, the, it's never, his whole background is never really resolved. I mean, we never no. really know where he comes from with this whole slave thing that we talked about. Yeah, because there's speculation that he comes from a slave family. Yeah. And Livy has an interpretation where he's like, clearly he's not from a slave family because he has a kingly disposition. So this means that he must come from a royal family that were captured, but they're not really slaves. They're just sort of being held nicely yeah. in the royal household <laughs> yeah, of Tanaquil and Tarquinius. This to me smacks of Romans being embarrassed. Very perhaps, embarrassed. <laughs> that there was a slave who became king. And... Yeah. It's not just, I suppose, the embarrassment of having to say to all the people around them, yeah, we, we might have had a slave as a king. It's also, I mean, as you will see, and as you may have seen from previous episodes, Rome is, like many societies, highly stratified. And yeah. showing that there can be social mobility of this kind of magnitude... This is a good. Well, this is a huge arc, yeah, yeah, to go from slave to king in one swift maneuver. You don't want to encourage that. Well, yeah. it's yeah. creating the sort of setup that will lead to anarchy. Yeah, exactly. Um, you want to smack that out. The rigid yeah. social structuring of the society is meant to keep everybody in control. Yeah. Uh, particularly the plebs. Yes. And the plebs are as close as you can get to the slaves, really, anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, the last thing you want is the plebs to get an upstart idea that maybe they could be king. Yeah, well, like, if that guy's a slave and he can be king, <laughs> WTF, people. <laughs> Hello, why am I not emperor of the universe? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yes. So it's it's interesting that he has that kind of murky background and rises to such a a high point. Definitely. I have some... Well, and maybe it's the questions around his own status which lead to him going down the highly bureaucratic path that he does. Interesting. uh, Yeah. By introducing... (laughs) The first census. What? 
<laughs> Everybody likes a census. Ah, uh, yes, it sounds extremely administrative and oh look it's exciting times you basically have to rock up give all of your personal details it's a bit like having to do your tax Um, rock up give all of your personal details tell them how much you have in capital and wait to see what class that means that you classify by yeah because basically the census um i mean you don't count people like just anyone you don't That's... count like women and stuff That's uh, ridiculous uh, yeah. women don't actually count no this is all about uh counting the adult male citizens the important people oh yes <laughs> over a certain age men of a certain age yes. are counted in the census exactly and basically depending on what rolls out you organize them into a tribe uh, you organise them into the class, and this has to do with you know obviously their property, as you said, and, and mm. of course also will later have you know political and financial implications about tax and voting and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, and and becomes highly it becomes a really interesting way of controlling the class stratification Absolutely. because at this point in time it seems to be a little bit more freeform and this is like this will be systematic you must come we will put you into a class yep. based on certain criteria yep. and this actually prompts or is part of the factor that leads to a complete reorganisation of the armed forces as well Yes, because your class that's dictated to you in the census also becomes the class in which you have to provide a certain amount of uh, equipment Apparently, in, yes. Yeah. In, in order to engage in warfare, yeah. And there's an expectation. Like stuff. Yes. <laughs> oh, look! I'm going yeah. into the details. Wait for oh, it. Oh, sorry, sorry. Wait for oh. it. Oh, I've got some details. You mean and stuff wasn't and enough detail? <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh no! I got excited when I was getting into okay, this. Okay, please hit me with it because I I got uh, I somewhat trailed off when I got to the shields. I think. <laughs> oh no! This becomes really interesting. Yeah. So the first class. Yeah. Top dogs. Ah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Just hit my hand. Never mind. Be shocked. Continue. Be shocked. Continue. Appropriate response to what you're about to hear. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm good. I'm good. The first class has capital equivalent to a hundred thousand asses. Ooh. I'm not even going to bother to... I see to you, a... baby. Shaking yeah. that ass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All 100,000 of them. Um, you know what? I actually think I remember reading, and this could be totally wrong, but I'm just going to throw it out there, that mm. one ass is a pound of bronze. Oh, look. I'm not even going to speculate okay. on, on that <laughs> and how you might divide this up. Like, yeah. It's money. It's a lot of money. It's yeah. a lot. It's yeah. a lot. It's, yeah. the, it's the highest amount you can have. Yeah. Um, so... These people who have this particular amount of capital right. divided into 80 centuries. Right. But okay. not, presumably, 100 people, because that would be too easy. No, no. No. 80 <laughs> centuries, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to guess on how yeah. many are in these no. particular centuries, because that number also changes. Yeah. Um, now, half of the people in this category are classified as seniors. Uh-huh. So, like, people above a certain age. Yeah. Even more. And I some getcha. are classified as juniors. Juniores. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you've got a 50-50 split between, like, old, old rich guys and adult, but quite young. Yeah. Rich guys. Virile. Strong. Yes, yes. Manly. Yeah. Warlike. <laughs> yes. So. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Where did I? <laughs> Adjective. <laughs> Insert appropriate action. <laughs> Masculinity. <laughs> Older masculine, <laughs> grey hair, silver fox. Yeah. <laughs> All right, George Junius. <laughs> so half of these guys, the senior ones of this first class, yep. they're entailed with the defence of the city. Right. 
In times of trouble, you guys will defend the city. Great. Uh, and let me guess, the young ones. The one young ones. They go out on They campaign. get to go out to ah, war. Yeah, These sense. men have to equip themselves with a vast array of of armor and so forth. Wait, wait let me guess. Greaves. They've got to have greaves. Yes, okay. that's one of them. Good shield. What type of shield? <sighs> Scutin? No, Ooh. the other one. Man, I've just got round shield. I didn't write down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's the other one, but yeah, okay. The yeah. other shield. Yeah, the other shield. Yeah. No, I think it's, I think a scutin might be like the long one, like the oblong typey one. But anyway, round shield sounds good. Round shield. <laughs> I'm not even gonna guess. I'm okay. like, I didn't look up the Latin for this. Um, okay, some sort of weapon, like yes. a sword. Yes. Okay. And and armor. <laughs> all right all right i'm gonna stop you right okay. there you got three of the uh the possible six maybe okay okay so greaves please get degrees baby yeah yeah greaves <laughs> yep. round shield yep sword right spear ah damn it of course helmet yep yeah that's important breastplate ah, all, my armor. Of, all of yeah. which <laughs> yeah. breastplate is a, it's a specific piece of armor okay okay yeah. All of these things, the the helmet, the shield, the greaves, and the breastplate have to be made of bronze. Right. Good. Very important. Okay. Um, and, and that's it, it's expensive. Yeah. yeah. And there is an additional two centuries included in the first class of guys that don't have to have so much going on in terms of like the armor. Yeah. They're known as mechanics. Uh huh. They serve without arms. I've put in brackets, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and luckily they have legs. <laughs> luckily they've got those other guys around them with lots of arms. Um, and they're required to produce siege engines. Right. So presumably these are the two, these two centuries would mostly stay in the city. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. So that's the first class. Good. 80 centuries first class. Yeah. Actually, just on a side note, mm. I think I remember reading somewhere that when Servius Tullius as you might expect, he isn't exactly like a pro-aristocracy type king, right? Given his, you know, well, background and whatnot. I, I as in patricians, I suppose. I, I feel like yeah. it's hazy territory because yeah. the argument for Servius being against the aristocracy yeah. comes from a rival claimant to the kingship. Yeah, I know he's not exactly his his actions. And this is where I'm coming from. Mm. When he is redistributing people and doing all this like yes. military, tribe censusy stuff, mm. yeah, I have heard it suggested that although we don't really have a lot of evidence, obviously, to back this up, that perhaps he was trying to sort of spread power out so that it wasn't too clannish. Like particular ah, people yes. didn't have strongholds in the military where like they were all together and yeah. you know, they could. Yeah. Hatch an evil plan. <laughs> yeah, well, like yeah, because this yeah. is a redistribution based on on wealth. Yes, and so it, I mean, obviously, yeah, people have power. Yeah, but people have power. Lies. Yes, but this is this yeah. is dividing people up in a very different way to the way they've been divided before. Yes, and and yeah. it spreads out a lot of the presumably what might be the clannish nature. Yes, yes. Anyway, um, just a just a No, it's interesting. Sorry. I think yeah. you might be right there. Yeah, cool. Um, it sounds highly plausible to me. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. Second class. Mm. Those with capital equivalent to between 75,000 and 100,000 asses. I like big butts <laughs> and I cannot lie. You other men <laughs> can Okay, sorry. <laughs> of these... There are only 20 centuries. Okay. Again, made up of equal seniors and juniors. Gotcha. These men Mm -hmm. fit themselves out with 
An oblong shield. Ah, okay, maybe that's, that's where I'm coming that's from. That's it. Okay. So you can distinguish them immediately from the first class. Gotcha. Different type of shield. Gotcha, gotcha. They've got the helmet, they've got the greaves. Ah. They lack the breastplate. Well, that seems pretty stupid. Lucky you've got a giant rectangular shield instead. Ah, yes. And Not they have that. the spear and the sword. Right, yeah. That's pretty crucial. Yes. The Give third an class. Yes. Third class. Yeah. Those with capital equivalent to 50,000 asses. I don't have another song. No, right. <laughs> sure you're devastated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm wounded inside. <laughs> Twenty centuries again. Yep. Seniors and juniors. Cool. Oblong shield. All right. Spear and sword. Okay. Life's getting tough. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just run in there with your shield. Really scraping the for the, the best. You really just got to attack. Guys. Yeah, exactly. Fourth class. Right. Capital equivalent to twenty-five thousand asses. <sighs> Twenty centuries. Okay. Yeah. Equivalent spear and a javelin. Mm. Yeah, yeah, ain't got, yeah, ain't got a lot going on there. Spear and so, a javelin. Yes, <laughs> spear and javelin. Yes, yes. No. Um, I can't believe I went there and broke this song. <laughs> breaking my, you. breaking my. That's own not rules. even a song. <laughs> I hate to put it back to you. <laughs> I've still got some way to go. Yeah. Okay. Fifth class, capital equivalent to eleven thousand asses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thirty centuries, men with slings. <laughs> Included. But you know what? I laugh, but don't haven't we actually found? I mean, obviously not in this period, <laughs> no. but there have been found the little rocks and stuff that they would not little, but the rocks and stuff that they would sling at people. Right? Oh, have we? How have exciting! We? Have we? I feel like we have. I uh, feel like they have to collect their own rocks. That's part of the deal. Well, no, I know, but like sometimes they would write insults ah, on them when yes, they were slinging yes, at people. Yes. Didn't like, I mean? Okay, I'm specifically thinking. Just going to play on my cards on the table. <laughs> When they were when they was fighting with Antony and whatnot, hundreds of years in the future, <laughs> around the time that yeah, the, so we're not even we're we're like at the end of the Republic, guys. Mm. So it's like way, way, way. We're not even in the Republic yet. We're in the Regal period. But weren't there insults about Antony's wife found <laughs> on some of these rocks? Am I wrong? No, am I? Wrong? I don't know. I okay. don't know. I'm, I'm I'm not sure. So I'm going to say yes. I feel like yes. I'm not wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm going to say that sometimes we find them. Sometimes, Sometimes we find uh, insulting rocks. Yes. Bling. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is the stuff that the fifth class is all about. Right. Well, insulting like rocks. I like it. <laughs> um, there should be more insulting rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Look, they carry slings. Yeah. Um, there's also, within these 30 centuries, there's two centuries of hornblowers and trumpeters. That sounds ridiculous, but they are important. They are very important. Yeah. I'm surprised they're slow, slow down on the list. Yeah, but let's face it. If you're in a big battle... This probably doesn't earn a lot of money as a trumpeter. No, yeah. Well, and, you know, what are you going to defend yourself with? Ha! Take that! <laughs> <laughs> Wait for it. Let me blow at you. Exactly. Liszt, Mozart, wah, wah. Yeah, They didn't even write for that kind of instrument, so I don't know why I'm saying that. But anyway, um, yeah. When you're in a big battle, you need these people to, you know... They organise stuff. Yeah, yes. exactly. They're very important. Loud. Loud, and obnoxious yes. sounds. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get to the sixth class. Oh, this can't be good. Capital equivalent to less than 11,000 asses. So, whoever is left. 90,000 less than everyone else. A single century. Yeah. Number unquantifiable, because <laughs> it includes everybody that's left. Yeah. These people are actually exempt from military service. Such is the devastation of their destitute <laughs> <laughs> um, 
well, they can't even afford a sling for goodness sake on the outside though you don't have to fight yeah I, I don't think I'd mind word mm. uh, <laughs> um, so what is interesting here is that we've got so the first class has 80 centuries right and then the second third and fourth class are made of 20 each yeah so the second third and fourth class do not even equal in number in terms of division into centuries, True. the the first class. Yeah. Then you get to the fifth class, which is made up of thirty centuries. Yeah. So they flesh out twenty of those centuries flesh out an equivalence of the first class when you include them with the second, third, and fourth. And then you've got eleven, the ten remaining of the fifth class, and the final sixth class, eleven remaining centuries at the very bottom. Um, yeah, you're you fir- me with numbers, which woman? Yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, what I'm trying to get at is that this leads to this is the moment where we start to have proportional voting take yes. place. Ah, okay, in Rome. now I'm on board. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So the number of centuries is important. Yes, because they vote by a class. Yes, and then they and then the votes are counted within each century. Yeah, and they go from the top. They go from the top. <laughs> the first class rocks up, and they've yeah. got 80 centuries, and those 80 centuries vote on the issue yeah and if they don't agree that's when you call up the second class right and they get to vote on the yeah. issue so basically if you're in the bottom you the have bottom, no chance the bottom class <laughs> never hardly yeah. ever so never really, never vote yeah it's really consolidating power at the top who rightly should rule the wealthy the ones with all the money yes okay yes. yeah no I totally see where you're going with that and also these people obviously they're wealthy Mm-hmm. They vote first, therefore mm-hmm. they are also powerful. <laughs> well, and this is not a recipe power. for corruption at all, guys. Yeah, so I mean, if I were someone in that very bottom group, mm. I might take my lead from the person who is above it's me. It's going to be very important. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I get where you're going. Okay, cool. Mm. Wow, that was quite a digression we just had then. But a very important one, yeah. because this sets up the power dynamic that is going to flow through into... The Republic when we get to it. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, and, and Servius, um, I sh- we should probably point out, as you may or may not have guessed, depending on how bright you are. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, no. Um, he is seen as being a bit of a turning point king because of these apparent types of reorganization. Mm. Ooh, yeah. Mm. How <laughs> controversial. Indeed, indeed. Um, yeah, and uh, I'm just going to throw out there, um, because you gave all that detail, that apparently unmarried women had to pay for the maintenance of horses. Just yeah, saying. I'm, yeah, I'm finding that baffling. I yeah. had a note going, <laughs> going, really? Um, an unmarried woman was assigned to take care of the horse at a cost of 2,000 asses each per year. I'm like, well, she won't have the money, so her family must be fronting that up. Yeah. And I was like, and then I was like, my note is, admittedly, the translation seems unclear. Yeah. <laughs> Are the women paying or being paid for? I mean, yeah, exactly. It's I very f- weird, but I, I, I thought it was no detail. Yeah. I feel like checking the Latin is going to be important to clarify that point. Yeah. Um, because I'm not entirely satisfied with the idea of unmarried women without any money having to pay for the upkeep yeah. of horses. It does seem weird, yeah. Yes. Um, but basically, as Livy says, so many burdens were shifted from the shoulders of the poor to those of the rich. Mm. Manhood suffrage. Implying equality of power and of rights was no longer given promiscuously to all, ridiculous, <laughs> as had been handed down by Romulus and observed by all other kings. Hmm. So yes, we really do have this uh, this system happening now. Oh yeah. yeah, and so yeah, we get this situation where uh, the census is created yep. essentially. Yep. Uh, the census also... is considered to be. Sorry. Yes. No, go, you go. go. Sorry. No. I'm just totally butting in. I was going to say. Impressive thing to me about the census yes. is that it is, um, as someone I read pointed out, allowing for the sort of flexible nature of Rome itself. In that, 
you know, it's on the rise. It expands. We've talked about this sudden influx of a population. That you have to before. organize them somehow. Yeah, exactly. And so if you carry out reasonably regular censuses, so let's say... Censi? No, no. <laughs> yeah, let's say approximately every five years is apparently when they're supposed to go down. Um, you can obviously keep the population... You know, you can keep reorganizing it and keep reclassifying it. So it's allowing for changes, is what yes, I'm trying to say. Yes, <laughs> It's adaptable. Yes. It's flexible. I like it. Yes. Mwah! It allows for expansion. Indeed, it does. Good, good. good. Sorry, continue with oh, what you were going to yeah. say. Yeah. Um, so, Servius calls all the citizens after this first census is complete to the campus marshes. Ah, yes. Organized in their centuries. Yep. And then there is a sacrifice. Ah, let me guess. Okay, I'm going to guess the animals. Okay, you ready? Yes. A pig. Mm-hmm. A sheep. Mm-hmm. And a bull. Yes. Thanks. Yes. <laughs> for purification. Three for three. Yeah. Very nice. Strike rate, 100%. Yeah. So, this sacrifice is, becomes known as the closing of the lustrum. Ah. And this Sounds is... Sounds lustrous. Well, um, illustrious. Indeed. Right, indeed. Indeed. <laughs> uh, yes, anyway. This, <clears throat> this is like the symbolic closing that the census is now done. Yep. Um, and is seen as the final point of enrollment of the census. Right, yeah. At Dan. this point in time, yes. Livy refers to one of our more fragmentary sources, right. um, Fabius Pictor, uh, uh, yes. who has recorded that there were 80,000 citizens who were classified and counted in this first census. Jesus. Yeah. Because that's just the men. That's just the dudes. Yeah. Of appropriate age. Yeah, that's not like women, slaves, children. No, horses. Yeah. <laughs> Seems to be. There's a huge provision for new horses, horses yeah. now. God knows they have a greater involvement in warfare than women do. <laughs> <laughs> well, importantly, this means that, like, Servius gets on board with the expansion of the city itself. Yeah. He opens up a couple of the new hills. Ah, yes. Uh, yeah, so the Quirinal mm-hmm. and the Viminal. Mm hmm. And also some expansion on the Esquiline, apparently. As you do. Yeah. As you do. And like, I, I think I've said this before, because <clears throat> I believe other kings did this. Yeah. He decides he's going to live on the Esquiline because he wants to, you know, yes. bring the area up a little bit in <laughs> standing. Guys, I'm living in the slum. Join me. Exactly. <laughs> Gentrification. Yeah. It happened even <laughs> in the ancient world. <laughs> yeah. I think this is the second example we've come across of yeah. a king going God forward. God knows. I can't remember who it was. Was it Enk? I think it was Ancus. I yes. think it was Ancus. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so Servius goes and moves on to the Esquiline to build and enhance the reputation Indeed. of this hill. One can only assume it worked. <laughs> yeah, and that, and then he gets into his like building works program. Ah, yes, building master always builds. Yeah, yeah. Thing. So he um, so there's an expanded because they've expanded the city. Yep. Um, Tarquinius's wall. Yeah, uh, it's no longer it's small. Doesn't really count. You know. Yeah. It's a bit, like, there's things outside the wall now. Room's put uh, on weight. Yeah. I can sympathize. <laughs> <laughs> so service is like, look, we, we need to expand the wall. Yeah. And it's at this point that the idea of the pomerium comes into play as yes, well. Yes, the sacred boundary. The idea the that the wall of the city also yeah. represents the sacred boundary of the city as well. The yeah. circle of protection around the city of Rome. Yeah, I think we have talked about this. Okay, it's going to be a bit weird. We talked about this before when we were talking about an emperor like Trajan, I think. Yes. 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 Don't worry about that. We'll come back to that. Or <laughs> we'll can't go forward to that. One of those. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> Irrelevant tangent done. <laughs> yeah, so this idea of the pomerium comes into play. Yes. And the idea is that there is space clear slightly in front of the wall and space clear slightly behind the wall uh-huh. which is the sacred space itself so the 
the wall is part of it, but there's also this surrounding little area. area. Yeah. Yes. Mm. I like to think of the sound that is made when you run a wet finger around the rim of a <laughs> and if we And if we had a glass, I would, I would do, do that. that yeah. <laughs> we could start to add those sort of sound effects in. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, he also decides that it would be a good idea to build a temple. Of course it is. Yeah. And, and it turns out that the one that he's particularly enamoured with mm. is the temple of Ephesian Artemis. And Why not? I love, well, apparently <laughs> she's quite famous in this period, even as far as Rome, which I'm, I'm so happy to hear because Ephesian Artemis is amazing. Yeah. Um, she's the many-breasted goddess. Wow. Well, oh, yeah. Okay, I'm, right. I'm still a little bit sort of a little bit of a quibble about whether they're breasts because to me they're kind of like mangoes um <laughs> well why would she have mangoes on her chest though well yeah. <laughs> but why do her breasts look like mangoes mm, mm. I can kind of see it mm. it's like it's not a bad shape so anyway yeah yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. side issue side issue yeah, yeah um so he builds he's interested in building a temple to Diana which right. is the Roman the Latin equivalent dirty Diana no, 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 no. Yeah, a shrine to Diana. Gotcha. Yes, a shrine yeah. to Diana. Yeah. Um, that he's interested in. And so he's trying to cultivate the uh, nobles, get them on board for this, because he doesn't want to do the project all by himself. Yep, yep. And Fair eventually enough. they, it sort of, it comes together and it's like a, a shared project. Right. Um, between the Latins and the Romans yep. and the Sabines. And they all kind of, there still seems to be, despite the fact that, the Sabines and the Latins have been living together for a while. Yeah, yeah. Well, and have been quelled on a number of occasions. Yeah. There still seems to be outposts of like uh, mm. culture yeah. and population. Sure. And so there seems to be like, okay, let's join together and build this shrine to Diana. That would be nice. I see. Yes. And goodwill. Yeah. <laughs> and part of the idea that comes into play is that uh, this shrine reinforces the fact that Rome is the capital of the area. Ah. Yeah. So it's important. got this sort of diplomatic aspect about it. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, there's also a prophecy. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't sound good. Well, um, there is a, a story uh, that... Uh, related to a cow. Okay. Yeah. Related <laughs> to a cow. You. I'm following you. Um, a cow of great beauty... All right. Yes. Uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> and if this cow were to be sacrificed at the shrine of mm-hmm. Diana, whoever were to participate, whoever conducted that sacrifice, mm. would actually be the true uh, peoples who are the capital of the area. Right. So, like okay. this... Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's like this weird. Like, so there seems to be this like, undercurrent of speculation against Rome. I see. Yeah. It's not a sure thing. Yeah. 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 I think. Yeah. Yeah. So if the magic beautiful cow is sacrificed <laughs> at the shrine by somebody who is not a Roman, it turns out that the person who does it, who's not a Roman, their people are really the uh... the the people of the capital. Like they are really the true yes. destined leaders of the of the area. Fair enough. So okay. this sounds like a it sounds funny, but wait. Oh, I'm a, a magic beautiful <laughs> magic beautiful cow is born. Yeah. 
in Sabine territory. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. yeah. Surprise. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> so the Sabines, being as they are, uh, take yes. the cow, yeah. lead the cow to the temple. Oh. Uh, yeah, I don't want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, they take. They lead the cow there. Uh, the Romans are on duty at the temple at the time. Right. So there seems to be like a share arrangement with like who's looking after the temple on like what schedule, depending right. on where you come from, because it's this shared project between the Latins and the Sabines and the Romans. Yeah. Yeah. And so the Roman the Romans are there at the time and they're like, Well, it's our turn to look after the temple and they're like, Wait a minute, <laughs> that looks like the cow. Yeah, the cow's oh. very attractive. <laughs> that cow is Scarlett Johansson in disguise. <laughs> I don't think I've seen a better looking cow in all my days. That must be the cow of prophecy. Hand it over. <laughs> well, even more subtle than that. Yeah. They see the Sabine approach with this beautiful cow and they're like, the reputation of this cow far exceeds anything else. And they're like, that's definitely the most beautiful cow I've ever seen. <laughs> Look at those big eyes. I reckon that's, I reckon that's the cow yeah. um, that we've been waiting for. Um, and and they look at the Sabine dude and he's going to go through the ritual process for the sacrifice. Sure. And they're like, blasphemy. <laughs> Are you going to sacrifice this cow while you're in a polluted state yourself? Go wash in the river. Oh, that's so clever. <laughs> and the Sabine being like, well, I really want us to be the leaders of, of the area. So I don't, I guess I better wash. I don't <laughs> want to ruin the sacrifice by yeah. doing it in a polluted state. So I think I will go down to the river. Thank you, Raymond, guys. I'll go and clean that's, myself. That is good advice. I will be right back. Yeah. <laughs> you mind t- holding on to the cow? Yeah, I'll leave yeah. the cow here and I'll be right back. Don't kill it. <laughs> Funny you should say that. <laughs> Turns out as soon as the Sabine's down by the river, yeah. the Romans are like, now is our chance. Let us <laughs> sacrifice the cow. Oh, uh, so sad. Well, <laughs> I, and you, I, this story really has very little to do with the cow, I know, with Servius. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. Oh well, I mean, it has a lot to do with the cow. I think the cow is a high. No, I know. I mean, I mean I, my sympathy for the cow is somewhat well, irrelevant. Yeah. Well, and also, like, but this this is one of these stories that sort of emphasizes the the lack of solidity, if you like, in leadership sure. in the area and the sort of the tensions that continue to exist. Yeah. Despite, I mean the amount of warfare that's going on yeah. this is not a stable thing and it's not just that it's also on a personal level mm. because apparently even though he's married to one of Servius's own daughters one of the Tarquinius sorry one of the sons of Tarquinius mm. uh, the young Tarquinius as he shall henceforth be known <laughs> he's occasionally going about making comments about I don't know usurpers <laughs> like Servius not having been voted into power, etc. Um, and he also starts to try and sort of whip up a bit of support for himself amongst the commons. Does he not? Yeah, so we get... It's interesting because this this young Tarquinius is married to one of Servius's daughters. Yeah, so there's a connection there. There is a connection there. You would there. think there's just patience, son. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, but no. But he's going around and he's sort of hinting that, you know, there's... Servius doesn't really have it going on and Servius might have a thing for the poor people because he's rearranged everybody in the census so the rich people have to do all the spending now. Mm. Um, Cough, cough, logical argument. Um, (laughs) And so he he apparently divides amongst citizens uh, the land that he had obtained from the enemy. Yeah, yeah. Um, And, you know, saying, come on, guys, now who should be your ruler? 
biatch. Yeah, so like, so the the land that Servius gains through combat, he divides amongst the citizenry in equal portion. Yeah. But when we're talking about the citizenry here, we're talking about that last class. That l- yes. yeah, yeah. So yeah, not, not everyone. Cause yeah, not everyone. People. Eighty thousand people. <laughs> Take it. Yeah. Here you go. Here's your slice. Yeah. Five yeah. centimeters of land. It's very exciting. It's made of grass. Yeah. It's yours. Wow. <laughs> uh, he's dividing it amongst the lowest class. Right. Yeah. Um, so he's basically raising the plebs out of a certain portion of their destitution by providing them land for which they can farm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. This is part of the deal. Yeah. Uh, and then we have this young Tarquinius who's sort of questioning this and he's like look this guy hasn't been confirmed by the people yeah. this is a huge problem mm. and Servius is like well two can play at that game let's have a vote by the people yeah. and <laughs> the people get there and they're like that dude just gave me some land I am down with that not that it even matters because it doesn't get to them no like no. all of the upper classes vote first yeah and it's, they're all on with yeah look yeah. Yeah, yeah it's unanimous so basically what this means is the first class says we endorse yeah. Servius as king it's fine Servius has my vote okay. yeah <laughs> yeah but wait young Tarquinius is oh, he's not done, done no, yet no no no, no. Um, I've, d- I've labelled this section more significant challenge from Tarquinius <laughs> Of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> so there are two... There's the two brothers. There's yeah. Lucius Tarquinius and yeah. Arons Tarquinius. Yes. Both of whom are married to a Tullia. Yes. Daughter and... of Servius. No, Tullia is... 1 and Tullia 2. It's going to sound, I think, a little bit like a situation comedy. <laughs> this is going to sound a little bit like The Bold and the Beautiful for about five minutes or so, because I suspect. Because as luck would have it, one of the brothers is this hothead. And the other one is apparently, ah, oh, so calm and gentle. And as luck would have it, the daughters are much the same, but they're crazily married to the people who have yeah. the opposite personality. The hot-headed daughters married to the calm Exactly, son. yeah. Yes, uh, yeah. And so there's a... Livy describes this as like a, a potential saving of the whole situation because <laughs> it kept the hotheads, the girl and the boy hothead, yeah. apart from each other for long enough for stable rule to take place. Sure, yeah. Uh, but, you know, it still sets things up for craziness and uh, hilarity and tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> so, the Tulia, who's quite ambitious and yes. married to the boring son, in her uh, view. Yes. Uh, she gets a little too bored. Perhaps. Well, she gets yeah. very bored. Yeah. And she actually develops a crush on the brother. Of course, the hothead brother. Yeah. 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 And, of course, being a woman... She is the one who's behind all the mischief from the beginning. Yes, well... According to our male aristocratic sources. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I would would take this story with a great deal of suspicion, listeners. Yes. Um, But anywho. Not only did she despise her sister for being a milksop, apparently. Yeah, and um, her husband, presumably, for being much the same. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, and for having the man that she found more attractive out of the two brothers. Yes. And um, so she decides to hatch an evil plan. <laughs> so she first of all engages in an affair. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's probably to be expected. Yeah. Um, and while she does that, yes. while she's meeting with the with the hothead brother. Yeah, the um, planning begins. Yes, yeah, she's like, so Tarquinius is like, I reckon you could be king. Yeah. Um, she seems Wouldn't it be convenient yeah. if maybe both our spouses died and I could be like... You're queen. Yes. <laughs> you can be king. I can be queen. All we have to do is kill our respective spouses and then marry each other. Job done. What <laughs> a stellar plan. <laughs> and this is exactly what they do. This is horrific. Yeah. And Tullius, of course, has been reigning by reigning for 
quite a while by this point of time, according yes. to our lovely stretched out rulership. Mm. <laughs> and so, you know, they see themselves as young and fresh and, you know. Yeah, bringing something new and with legitimate grievances about how Servius came into power. Yes, and absolutely. This seems to be despite the fact that Tullio is the daughter of Servius. Yeah. Um, that doesn't seem to play at all no. into <laughs> no. the way that she behaves in what? my dad my, my oh, dad man. forget him <laughs> yeah. I'm not interested in him no. I'm interested in us and the future Tarquinia <laughs> she gives this amazing speech according to Lizzie <laughs> <laughs> yes. where she eggs him on massively Oh, look, uh, it's, it's kind of horrific. It's yeah. that sort of thing where it's like, are you courageous or are you not courageous? It's, it's really... Art thou a man? Yeah. Art those testicles between <laughs> thy thighs? <laughs> it's horrific. It really is. It's the sort of thing that does nobody justice. No. Um, I like the way Livy pans this off. Inspired by this woman's frenzy. <laughs> Tarquinius goes about and starts saying, hey, would you back me? Yeah, so, mm. I mean, they, they do get married, and despite the murders, this is permitted. Servius yes. isn't particularly happy about it, but he's sort of like, oh, what's if that's what you guys are going to do? Yeah, I mean, so, it seems a little So odd. be what? it. Yeah, it's like, okay. All right, guys. <laughs> you find that appealing? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the, once the marriage between Tullia and Tarquinius takes place, yeah. Servius's position is increasingly endangered. Yes. Um, Tulia is really active and ambitious. Yep. She really, really pushing Tarquinius. She really yeah. wants to be queen. Yeah. Uh, she seems to have this jealous rivalry yeah. for, against Tanaquil. Because, <laughs> I know, because historically Tanaquil has made two kings. Yes. And the Tullia, kingmaker. <laughs> yeah, and Tulia so far has made none. Yeah. And, in fact, she doesn't even have uh, a king yet. And no, she's not even married to one. She's like, come yeah. on, husband, like, get with the program. Yeah. Um, we killed I, these people. Like, we're, we're married killed, now. We've killed yeah. these people. I've married you. Why aren't you king yet? Yeah. Like, wasn't that the plan? Yeah. So he goes, okay, sure. All right. Yeah. All right, sweetheart. <laughs> calm yourself. Calm yes, yourself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he goes about amongst, at first, the lesser families. I'm using my flesh rabbits. <laughs> well, these are the families that Tarquinius Priscus, his father, brought yes. into the Senate. So exactly. these are the natural allies yes. for Tarquinius the Younger. Exactly. And he's like, dudes, remember my father's kindness? Like now making you a part of for, the Senate. Yeah, now it's time for you to repay this favor. Mm. And he bribes them with gifts and also <laughs> promises, as you might expect. Promises for the future and also like just madly dissing Servius wherever he goes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Here, have this. And by the way, um, what a bastard. What a douche. Have <laughs> you seen that guy? He is totally rotting the rich. Yeah, and so finally, after somewhat a lengthy process, I imagine, mm. um, the time comes for him to take action. Yeah, he bursts, he, into yeah. <laughs> he bursts into the forum. Yeah. Bursts into the forum. Saloon doors. Swing, 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 swing. Yeah. It's got some armed people with him. So yeah. he's got some hoodlums on board. Exactly. And he sort of marches up to the courier, the Senate House, as you do. The seat, that is. Yeah. 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 And sits on the chair. Yeah. He's like, ha ha. Uh, how about that? Yeah. And he has a herald. He doesn't yeah. do the announcement himself. No. He manages to organize one of these trumpeteer dudes. Yes. He says, Herald, <laughs> come over here. Herald, you. Uh, who who announces that all the senators should come and assemble 
And meet King Tarquinius. What? But the king is Tervius. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, no. Yeah. King Tarquinius. Yes. So it seems that some of the senators, are, everyone turns up basically, apparently. Because everyone's probably like, what the? Yeah. <laughs> well, see, this is the thing. Apparently, according to Livy, super reliable as always, some <laughs> were already prepared. Oh, Flesh rabbits are bouncing. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and I think we have to expect that. I mean, Tarquinius has done a lot of sort of groundwork before this moment i don't think you just walk in unprepared and be like i'm the king (laughs) how about it king everybody come to my meeting Um, it's dangerous at all yeah if you haven't laid the proper groundwork this would just be a flop and you would probably get killed and so other people come presumably because they're kind of like what okay there's obviously (laughs) been a coup if i don't go and this all pans out i could be in the Crap. <laughs> I'd, I'd better turn up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Once the Senate assembles, Tarquinius launches into one of his set pieces, yeah. uh, which is the criticisms he's been going with all along, yeah. where he's like, Servius is a slave. Yeah. Uh, a slave he seized power after yeah. the shameful death of my father, Tarquinius yeah. Priscus. There's been no interregnum. There was Hello. no interregnum. Policy wasn't followed. Scandalous. No timely election. Nope. Uh, because there was that very late election that said set up no timely election people had not been consulted the senators had not been consulted in fact he came to power by the hands of a woman yeah a woman perhaps the worst of all oh Um, disgraceful it it was tentacle I'm sorry that doesn't count does it and then he makes this very strange and this is what you were talking about before about Mm. the whole idea of uh, Servius being not exactly pro-aristocracy I think Um, he, he says that Servius has basically been promoting the interests of the lowest class of society because that's where he has come from himself. Boom! Yeah. yeah. So the reason why the plebs have this great deal now where they've been given slices of land here and there is because Servius is a slave. What the... Yeah, it was kind of... Yeah, like, what? he basically... Yeah, <laughs> yeah he basically yeah. rewrites the narrative of the census restructuring around the way in which the aristocracy is getting a poor deal uh, in <laughs> this poor aristocracy. the poor aristocracy <laughs> yeah. with their massive voting power and all of their capital yeah. um, they are being rorted because what the census allows is for services to step in at any time and say I need some of your money and I know that you've got it because I already just counted it yeah. <laughs> so you have to give it to me yeah. and then to give it to poor people Shocking. Yeah. Shocking. It is it is it is terrible. Yeah. Uh, in Tarquinius's view, this is the worst of the worst. Yeah. And he's like burdened the aristocracy with like ruling a lot. Like with what? stuff that they like now have to pay for stuff where they didn't have to pay for stuff yeah. before. It's like word, word, word. <laughs> yeah. So Servius If you're seeing an, uh, like parallels with the modern world, I mean please just yeah. go straight ahead with those. Exactly. Um, there is some mad corruption things going on here. But it's the argument that, that seems to win over over yeah. uh, the Senate, mm. uh, perhaps understandably, given yeah. their class yeah, and exactly. the way they've well, been filtered whatever. into the census. Yeah. Anyway, Servius, meanwhile, has heard rumour of what is going on. Yeah. And it's like, I'm the king. I feel like I should go down to the forum. There might be something happening. Yeah. So he basically goes there and Tarquinius is like, ha, I'm sitting in the seat of my father and I deserve to sit here. You are only a slave. Away with you. Yeah, this seems to break down rather quickly into a physical, uh, like a brawl yes. of sorts. Where... Unsurprisingly, perhaps. <laughs> because obviously there are still people who are in the Senate that are going to support Servius. You know, they're... Yes, there is a percentage of people who are still pro-Servius. Exactly. Um, a fight breaks out. Yeah. Um, Tarquinius... <laughs> 
throws Servius out of the Senate house. <laughs> um, and yeah, he, he can't go back now. He may as well just commit himself <laughs> entirely to this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like this idea of the physical sort of throwing out of the... Not just out of the Senate House, but down the steps. Out. Yeah. He's thrown out. When that happens, that seems to break the moment. Yeah. Um, And then he goes back into the Senate House. Well, Tarquinius goes back in. Yeah. And the pro-Servius faction dissipate. They get out of there. Cowards. Yeah, and they leave the injured Servius. Oh, so horrible. (laughs) This is like watching a wounded creature. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. The well, injured, yeah, we are, really. yes. <laughs> the injured king, yeah, this very Servius, yeah. sort of starts to make his way slowly, uh, yeah, half fainting, back back home. Yeah, doesn't quite make it. Yeah, um, I hate to break it to you, yeah. listeners. This is so sad. Tarquinius uh, basically, yeah, sends uh, people after him and has him killed. Yes, easily caught, easily killed. Yeah, and uh, of course, of course, Livy just likes to point out that. This idea probably came from Tulia, the of woman. Course. A man wouldn't come up with an idea like this. It must yeah, be a woman. It's outrageous. <laughs> um, so we have this, yeah, this. it's interesting because what uh, Tulia's function in this narrative essentially does is absolve Tarquinius of a lot of the horrific things yes. that enable him to come to power. Yeah. And Convenient, yeah. no? <laughs> and by, well, by placing them all on Tulia, yeah. it just, yeah, it allows... Dissipates the... It, yeah, yeah, and yeah. enhances his legitimacy in certain ways, yeah. although perhaps emasculating him too in, into yeah. the bargain. It's a fine but line, it's a fine line. <laughs> there's a small price to pay if he's not really responsible for what goes down. Exactly, yeah. Um, so she apparently is uh, <laughs> driving around in her garage in the forum. As do. Uh, you know, not ashamed at all to be out and about at this time. Uh, and sees her husband is like, hail, King Tarquinius. Yeah, and she's apparently the first citizen. Yeah. Citizen. Yeah. <laughs> um, to hail Tarquinius as king. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. And he basically says, go home. He's like, <laughs> I'm not done here. Maybe just, just like, go home. just yeah. get out. Yeah. So she does uh, go home, but she decides to stop by this shrine of Diana, which we talked about. As before. you do. Yeah. On the way home. And while she's there, uh, her driver says, Hey, isn't that the murdered body of your father? (laughs) I think that might be the body of the murdered Servius. Yes. And she says, Awesome. Drive over it. (laughs) What? (laughs) Drive over it! (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, she's really, really bad. Yeah. (laughs) This, yeah. Yeah. Carried back some of her father's blood. Mm. On the wheels of her carriage. On the wheels of her carriage. (laughs) So, thus ends... What had been actually quite a good rule of 44 years, apparently. Um, yeah, but it comes to a very dismal end. Yeah, and, and basically, as you know, as we've had before, Livy kind of says, well, he was so good, it's kind of hard for people afterwards to <laughs> measure up. Um, but also, probably what comes next, dun, 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 he's going to set him up to look even more awesome. Yes, yes. And so, like, Servius does all of this sort of organisation, has yeah. this kingly demeanour, yep. successful in battle, yep. and totally done over by his children. Yeah. Essentially. Well, child. Well, oh, I guess, yeah, I guess, yeah. Well, children, yeah. sons-in-laws. True. I think they count as children, true. do they not? Very true. Um, yeah, totally stabbed in the back. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> as, yeah. And so, so that brings us to the end. Yeah, so the, the life of Servius Tullus ends according to our chronological 
sure. overview yeah. in 534. Now, you might be thinking to yourselves, those of you who are well up to date, <laughs> that no. that's getting very close. That's getting very to close. To the founding of the Republic, and you would be right. Yes, we are very we close. We have only one more king to go. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Yes, indeed. Please join us next time. I wonder who it will be. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know this point. <laughs> king Tulia. <laughs> I feel like she's probably earned it. Yeah, definitely. Alrighty then. See you next time. Farewell. Bye.